Hey y'all, my name's Frank Rivera, and welcome back to another episode of Frank and Soul. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about something that currently makes up a big, big part of my spiritual practice, and it actually hasn't always made up this big of a, you know, percentage, but I feel like everyone has at least some sort of relationship with this, and it is dreams. You know, everyone goes to sleep at night, and I feel like in some way everyone has something special about their dreams. And I know, you know, listening to people talk about their dreams usually isn't the most exciting thing ever, but um, I'm not exactly going to be talking about my specific dreams, just dreams in general and my relationship with dreaming. So saving y'all a little bit of boredom there. Basically, I just think, you know, dreams tell us so much about ourselves and what we're feeling and what's still lingering around in our subconscious. I know that dreams can be prophetic. Sometimes they can tell us about things that are happening in the future and things that are happening in the world. And I really think they're like downloads and messages from the universe about what is to come or some sort of revelation about the past, something that we need to be told, something that we need to hear. And sometimes, honestly, they don't have all of that uh, you know, message. They don't, they're not as important. They're not as meaningful as we would like them to be. Sometimes I have dreams and I feel like it's a clip from a movie. I feel like I'm living, you know, inside of a movie and it feels transcendent in a way when I have those dreams and I can latch onto them and say, this isn't real, but it feels real and it feels like something that brings me joy. It feels like I'm living in a moment that in the real world wouldn't be possible with sometimes it's with people that I love or sometimes it's just with myself and it's like this is just another way of experiencing heaven on earth when you know in those dream moments you're asleep and they're not real but you they feel real and in those moments you feel that heavenliness that divinity of just the human experience but I digress. I think that a big part of having dreams, a lot of people don't have dreams or they don't remember them. And I, when I hear people say that to me, I think, oh my God, I don't know how you do it. I would be so sad if that were me. And I think a part of the reason why I have a lot of dreams so frequently and that I remember them so often is because of the rituals that I do surrounding dreams and sleep. Something that I always, without fail, will do is before I go to sleep, I put on the Pure Meditation playlist on Apple Music, because that's what I use, but I'm sure that Spotify has its own equivalent, and I put it on to where it's low enough to where if I'm listening for it, I can hear it, but if I'm just sort of chillaxed and chilled out, then I won't necessarily be hearing it. I might... But I'm I'm not like listening to it, but I can still maybe hear it. I don't know if that makes sense. It's just very faint and it's there in the background. And because a lot of the songs on that playlist, it's either singing bowls or sound bowls. It has theta waves and delta waves and things like that. It has chakra frequencies, third eye openers, uh, root openers, things like that. 
I really do think that those leak into my dreams and sort of affect it or at least make my mind and my unconscious a more fertile place to facilitate that dream work and that dream experience. And well, that's kind of another issue of how sound, the role sound plays with energy and things like that. So that's something for another time, but I do think that it is brought in here. And then the other thing that I do is if I really want to have dreams, I like on a specific night, if I'm like, I really want to have a dream tonight, I want to have a dream about something in specific. Well, maybe I'll pray about it and sort of try and manifest that as I go to sleep. Because I think that if you if you lay down and you're telling yourself, I'm going to have a dream about this, I'm going to dream about you know, a flower or a tree, or you're telling yourself a symbol that you're going to see in a dream, or you're telling yourself something that's going to happen in a dream. Maybe you won't specifically have that dream. In fact, I never have that dream, but I do dream and I do specifically remember having a dream about something. So that's the work that I do before I go to sleep to have a dream. And when I wake up, the first thing I do if I have a dream is before it gets the chance to leave my mind, I open my notes app in my phone and I scroll, scroll, scroll to the bottom of my note, which has a dream journal in it. And I write it down and I've been keeping this dream journal, you know, on and off, but I have been keeping it for the most part since... Um, it was before I was a senior in high school, so it's been like two and a half, three years now. Yeah, three years about. And it's really interesting because I remember most of the dreams that I have, recently at least, that I, as I look back in my dream journal, but when you look back even more, I, I look at a dream and I'm like, I don't even remember having that. But then as I read more of it, I'm like, oh, it, it's kind of coming back to me. It's there. It's on the periphery of my memory. And so I just think that it's an interesting tool because you can sort of see how your dreams change and the ways in which your dream changes depending on the detail with which you write the dream down. Another thing that I've started doing is if I have a dream that I think is really powerful or meaningful, I'll sort of write it in an artistic sort of way that makes me um, really think about what I saw, the perspective that I saw it in. And if someone was in my dream, I'll think, was this person in there because it's important that it was this person as I know them? Or were they a stand-in for someone else? And I think a lot of the times the answer is the latter. I think a lot of the times when someone else appears in your dream, sometimes they're a stand-in for a part of yourself or an aspect of something that um, is important. And that sort of brings me to one of the main topics that I wanted to discuss on this episode, which is dream interpretation. This is something that I think everyone Uh, or not everyone, but a lot of the people that are involved with their dreams really seek out a meaning or an interpretation for them. And a lot of people do ask me what they, what I think that their dream means, because I talk with my friends about my dreams a lot and their dreams and dreams are a common topic of discussion. But for me personally, dream interpretation isn't something that 
you can really like find online for example i know a lot of people look up what a symbol means which i i can see why that would happen or like or like why that would help but for me personally it doesn't help i think really the answer to a dream always lies within it it's already within your unconscious and your dream is just using these symbols or these um manifestations of things that are lying within you to bring that to the forefront of your mind and so personal symbology and personal like symbolism and content that is where the meaning can be found at least with me um that's not to say that you know classic symbols and human symbols that have been used throughout human history can't give meaning in fact i think they can because a lot of the times that's the reason why those symbols have been attributed to that meaning. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but for me, it's, I always say, okay, well, what is this standing in for? What does this represent to me? What do I think of when I see, let's say in my dream, I see a key. What do I think of when I see a key? I'm not going to go and look at what someone else thinks of or what someone else says because they didn't have the dream. I had the dream. But again, I recognize that to some other people, their own dreams and the way that they analyze them and interpret them that's their business and they might honestly gain more wisdom and clarity from it doing it their way than I do with mine but and I think it's interesting you know that I do it that way because it's kind of opposite to how I do a lot of the rest of my spiritual practice as I said before um you know on another episode when I and trying to find out about something or gain any sort of deeper meaning, a lot of it is knowledge and information based. What have other people said about this? What do other cultures or um, philosophies, how do they interpret this symbol or what is their take on this matter? For dreams, it's really not that way. It's very experience based and intuitive for me in the way that I say, you know, it's it's already inside. The knowledge is already there. I don't have to look elsewhere. I don't have to look externally for that answer. I really have to look internally and decide what it means to me and what that dream is trying to say. And that's, you know, that is one part of my practice where I can say with confidence that it is more intuitive. It is softer and looser and more free-flowing. It's a more feminine energy sort of approach to it. And I really do think that I can learn a lot from my own um, relationship with dreams in response to other parts of my practice in regards to that. It's more of a kind of like a choose your own adventure, so to speak. Because yeah, dreams are personal messages that either our unconscious self gives to our conscious self or the universe gives to us or we download it or whatever. And I think that's a lot of the reason why in mainstream culture there is this whole sort of running joke of, oh, I listen to this person talk about their dreams as if it's kind of boring. Well, that's because it's so personal to them. But I'm completely the other way. I love hearing people talk about their dreams. I feel like it gives me insight to them on another level, on a deeper level. And that sort of brings to mind another thing of everyone has like sees their dreams so differently they see them from different perspectives that's one of the main things is I'll talk to some friends and I'll say in my dreams I it's first person 
always, um, with very few exceptions, it's first person, I'm looking out of my own eyes, and I don't see the rest of my body. For all I know, I might be a pair of floating eyeballs. But I can still do things and move things, I just might. It's like I'm almost invisible. But some other people, a good friend of mine, she sees her dreams in a third person, almost as if it's like, kind of like an indie movie where you can't see the main character's face is the way she described it. And she sees them that way. Other people see it from bird's eye. And that that is foreign to me 100% and completely. And that I wonder what that says about the dreamer. Where, where does that come in? And how do some people... It, it just absolutely blows my mind that some people see themselves in third person. And then it's like, well, then who is that third person? You, you're that third person? I, I I don't know, like, you're stepping into the role of another? Who, who, where, who does that person occupy in your waking life? What, what role does that third person play? I don't know, just something, something to think about, perhaps. And then other things is, like, the length and the detail of the dream. For me, some of my dreams are, like, feature-length films with a plot and details, and this person has a name, and is accomplishing a certain purpose, after which point that person isn't in the dream anymore, I move from place to place, I travel, I speak, I have conversations with people, but other people, they they get glimpses, or, you know, like, um, some someone told me they get dreams as if it's a boomerang on Instagram, little moments, and I've also experienced that before, sometimes I get montages, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Some people get scenes, and, and it's like, what really determines the length? Where does that come from? Wh- what role does that play in your waking life? Because I do feel like the way that we have dreams says a lot about the way that we perceive the universe. Everyone has their own unique perception. There are an infinite amount of unique ways to perceive the universe. You'll never know if your reality is like another person's reality, but I feel like by talking about your dreams and the way that you perceive these things, that's a really good way to approximate that or get a better idea of how someone else sees the waking world. And that's, I think, why I really gravitate towards dreams in conversations and discussions. And sometimes I I, I know that I don't come across this way, but I do sometimes feel a little annoying or in my head I'm like wow like I probably sound so annoying to someone who doesn't know me when I ask about I'm like what did you dream about what like do you want to hear my dream like can we talk about my dream and things like that but I really do enjoy talking about them with the people that I you know my friends and the people that I love because it does give me such a peek into their um, inner self and what's going on in their inner self And I really do think that if dreams were a more incorporated aspect of our daily lives, we would be more in tune with ourselves and we would be more in touch with ourselves. And that's why, personally, my I say this a lot of the times as a joke, but there is a component of seriousness to it, is that I'm trying to make America dream again. (laughs) I mean, you know, keep your dream journals, go to sleep with the meditation music on, do whatever it takes, you know, have your lucid dreams and as a whole, you know, have fun with it. Dreams are something to have fun with. They're something to um, learn about, uh, or you learn about yourself from them. 
And I think that in a way we kind of are not separated from them, but I do think that the culture that we live in a little bit downplays the importance of them. In the past, dreams used to be omens and very specific prophecies of what used to happen. If you look at mythology or even historical accounts from ancient times, like I think I think it was in the Roman Empire, some some sort of thing happened with some emperor that there was a dream and whatever. And they used to be taken very seriously and even very literally. And so I sort of wonder where along the way that happened that we got that like distance between us and them or where they started to be seen as less important and less meaningful. I wonder where that is that that downplay came into the picture. That's interesting. Maybe maybe a topic to consider for another episode or something. And then another thing that I wanted to touch on is nightmares and what what's going on with nightmares. I mean, we have a whole other word in our language to describe a bad dream. And there there all that's another thing is that there are dreams and then there are bad dreams and then there are nightmares. To me, when I think of a nightmare, I think of something where you want to wake up, but you can't, and there's a feeling of anxiety within your dream, and obviously something bad is happening. Then there's a bad dream to me, which to me is like a dream that I didn't particularly enjoy, or even a dream where something bad is happening, but you don't have that feeling of anxiety, that anxious response, that fear response. And then, you know, the rest of dreams, good dreams, whatever. I personally don't have a lot of nightmares. I do have a lot of bad dreams just because I dream a lot. And I'll be experiencing a dream where something bad is happening, but I don't feel that, oh my gosh, like I need to wake up right now. And I think that's because sometimes I can wake myself up that hasn't That's only recently started happening in my dream work, but I do think that I have a better sort of grasp on it now. But I remember having nightmares as a child and needing that sort of, I need to wake up right now, like this is terrifying. And even when you wake up, the degree of reality that you felt that nightmare with seeps into the real waking world. Not the real world, the waking world, which is different than the dream world. And I just wonder what makes, where those come from. I mean, obviously from some sort of insecurity or anxiety or deep-rooted fear, but, or actually, I, well, um, yes, probably anxiety, security, insecurity, deep-rooted fear, but also I think it does come from a place of control, and you need control and you don't want to lack control, so maybe that's it. I don't know. And then, you know, I just was talking about this um, waking world versus dream world and how I don't want, I don't really like saying the real world because who's to say that the dream world isn't real? I mean, it's something that happens when we go to sleep, but it, it is occurring just as real in a real sense and in just as much of a whole sense as our dreams do. They're both, you know, things that are chemical and electrical processes in our brain that cause us to see, have sensory stimulus. 
And that actually brings to mind a really, really good movie that I cannot recommend highly enough. It was, I actually got recommended to it. I, it was actually recommended to me when I was on a date with this guy who, um, I think about him all the time, (laughs) not in a creepy way, just we were meant to get married and we didn't, but that's okay. But it's called Waking Life. It was released in 2001. It's kind of an indie movie. But it is holy mama. It goes in on dreams and reality and the universe and the philosophy and every all those sorts of things, those topics that make me made make me excited enough to want to start a podcast over it. All of those things are really wrapped up in an hour and fifteen minutes in that dream. It's really beautiful. It really makes you think, you know, what happens after we die? It makes you think, you know, I, it was some poet, I want to say it was Edgar Allan Poe, but maybe I'm completely and egregiously wrong. He said, life is but a dream within a dream. Makes you think about that whole thing of how seven minutes after you die, you repeat your entire life and that, this whole thing. And it's a really good movie to watch if you really want to get thinking about it. I I must say, honestly, it did sort of bring on a new wave of enthusiasm and investment regarding my dream work and all of that. Um, this is not an ad, um, but if you do want to sponsor me, hey. But yeah, I really did like that movie because it tied together a lot of spiritual concepts using the idea of dreams. And it made me think in that way, yeah, dreams are related and connected to all of this, and they are very spiritual experiences that contain spiritual messages, and they do unlock a lot of secrets about yourself that you wouldn't have learned otherwise. Dreams are, at least to me, the most commonplace spiritual experience that we can have. It's very easy. Everyone can have them. Not everyone remembers them, but that's also something that can be fixed. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that except for the fact that it is a really way to access your spirituality is through dreams. Some dreams you have and they stay with you for the rest of your life. And there has to be something important about that. There there has to be something meaningful enough about them given the fact that they stick in your memory for so long. I mean, I'm sure that everyone can remember at least one dream that really stuck with them from at some point in their life, whether it was a nightmare, whether it was a really good dream, a really bad dream, or something. There must be some sort of importance behind them that causes them to stay with us for so long. Um, yeah. And I guess the last sort of defense of my case that I'll make here for the dream world being just as valid and real as the waking world is that when you're in a dream, a lot of the times you don't realize that you're dreaming and you don't, you you fail to recognize that. And so you just go about your dream, almost sort of going through the motions, at least that's how it is for me. So who's to say that that is any less real than the waking world. I mean, if you if your argument is that, oh, well, you wake up from a dream, well, you go to sleep from the waking world. 
it's like it's sort of it works sort of both ways here and i really do think that in that waking world we as humans are able to do what we do best and that is create we're able to create i mean we're able to fabricate these worlds from our subconscious or at least that's what um you know current theories hold but it's it's really something else it's the unlimited potential of the brain at work there and there I really do believe that there are a lot of secrets within dreams and things that our dreams tell us that we need to hear in this waking world and vice versa a lot of the times when we're in our dream world things from throughout the day pop up so the the line the veil between them isn't impermeable there is some crossover between energy and ideas and themes that cross over between the dream and waking worlds and i think that there is a lot of potential in those elements then then also you know sometimes when you go to sleep for me at least when i'm going to sleep i'll be going to sleep and thinking and of things and as i slowly start to doze off that is what takes shape in my dreams and being in that in between in that sweet spot um right as you're crossing over the veil half of you is awake and half of you is asleep i think that is a prime prime place for spiritual work and spiritual practice to happen and it's really hard it takes a lot of control to stay there i personally can't do it i don't really know of many people that can but i know that that is the secret to astral projection when that sleep paralysis happens that's the first step to astral projection it's been something that i've been working towards and trying to accomplish throughout the entirety of my spiritual practice but it is very difficult and for my poor gemini mind which is thinking a million times an hour and the second it's frustrating because it's the second that you realize that you're doing it you've already lost in a way You've already given too much attention and too much energy to that thought and then you break out of it and you either wake up or that's when you fall the other way and you go to sleep and you enter the dream world. But there are these layered sort of states of consciousness that happen between wakefulness and sleep hold a lot of brain power in them. And to me, I believe that there is a lot of untapped spiritual potential there in those, I don't want to say places, but in those states of reality that we go through to get to the dream world. And I think that is where I'm going to stop this one. Um, Yeah, that was a, well, I kind of fell deep into that hole there, but I guess just closing messages, you know, um, keep a dream journal for sure and try to access your dreams see what they can say to you see what they tell you about others you'd be surprised the places that your intuition takes you to it extends so much more beyond yourself and your own consciousness it it really i think it overlaps a lot of the times with other people's sometimes we see other people in our dreams me personally one time I had a dream that was so realistic and Sean Mendez was there and I knew that he had the same dream as I did well that's half a joke and half real but whatever but basically yeah just 
tap into your dreams. See what they have to offer you. See what they have to tell you about yourself and others and the world around you and the universe. And you, I guarantee you'll be surprised at what you find. It's a such a journey. And I'm not saying this from a place of, you know, supposed superiority or authority. I am constantly being surprised at what my dreams do as well. So yeah, that's all I have for y'all today. Thank you for joining me on today's episode on dreams. Um, And I'll talk to y'all on the next one. Have a good morning, afternoon, or night, whichever of the three it is. And kisses and love. Bye. Mwah.